Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Hope for Chronic Pain podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Dr. Katinka Vandermeer. Dr. Katinka grew up in Johannesburg, South Africa, as the daughter of a successful chiropractic doctor. She followed in her father's footsteps and graduated from Parker College of Chiropractic in 1999. She has since gained a reputation for developing a novel, non-invasive treatment system for neurologic rehabilitation of chronic pain, resulting in breakthroughs for even the most hopeless and severe cases. Her and her team have gained international attention due to their unprecedented success rates in these cases. Kent State University is slated to be involved with the first study of her work starting this year. She is an international speaker and best-selling author of three books, Putting Out the Fire, Taming the Beast, and Wake Up, Miracles of Healing from Around the World. Dr. Katinka practices in Fayetteville, Arkansas, and is the CEO of the Spiro Clinic. Welcome to my podcast today. You've probably heard the famous proverb that goes, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. If you could sit down today and speak to the parent of any desperately ill child or adult, they would say that they wish they could have prevented them from getting sick in the first place. It is such a powerless feeling. If you know anyone in pain today, or really anyone who has a child, period, this podcast is for you. I'm so honored to be joined by a master of functional neurology, author and international speaker, Dr. Kyle Daigle. Dr. Daigle completed his fellowship in childhood development disorders and is the author of What If You Knew? He's also the co-founder of NeuroSage, the co-founder of NeuroSolutions, the co-founder of NeuroSystem and a renowned instructor. All around, he's a warrior fighting for the broken and hopeless, and he is one of my idols. Dr. Daigle, there's no other way of saying this, but you're kind of a big deal. <laughs> nah, you're, you're bigger <laughs> than me. <laughs> I know that you're a, a very humble human being, and it is one of the things that I think makes you so beloved among your peers and patients all across the world. Um, but you have incredible neurological knowledge, and what I love is that unlike when we go see neurologists who are also smart, you have figured out a way to bring that knowledge uh, to the masses in a practical way. So your clinic treats very desperate cases like we do, um, but you also treat a lot of pediatric cases, for instance, hypoxia injuries and especially children. Uh, do you mind explaining for our audience what those are? Yeah, we work with a lot of kids that had like near fatal drowning incidents or kids that, you know, maybe there was some issue during the birthing process where, you know, maybe they have a paralyzed arm or a leg. Um, and then also too, is that we see children that, you know, were born to stressful deliveries, whether that child, you know, the mom got in a car accident. We see a lot of parents that have been hit by even, you know, 18 wheelers whenever the child was, you know, the mom was pregnant and that induced an emergency um, pregnancy. Um, and then also too, is that we see a lot of these kids that uh, get really sick earlier on and these parents go doctor to doctor to doctor trying to find what's going on and these children are just severe developmental delays. So Dr. Daigle, I think, I know I do, we all have those cases that just stand out in our hearts. Do you mind sharing one of yours, just one of your really big wins? 
Yeah. Well, I, you know, my favorite thing is when I get these kids that can't communicate. So, you know, a kid that's, you know, two years old or a child that's four or six years old, they are nonverbal, or maybe this child had, you know, a brain injury, um, or this child just has never hit their developmental milestones. And for me to be able to watch a kid communicate to the mom and say, mom, or even even responding by saying yes, or even I love you, mom. That's, you know, some pretty big wins. And I had a case that this kid, um, he had dyslexia growing up, and um, he ended up getting bit by a tick. And then he went into a coma. um, And then for two years, he was nonverbal. And then we got this kid, I found out that he had uh, what's called primitive reflexes. And um, yeah, we worked on getting rid of these primitive reflexes. And then literally in less than two weeks, we had this kid speaking. And for two years, the parents were traveling all over the United States trying to find neurologists and speech therapists and physical therapists and occupational therapists and just pediatricians that could even just explain what happened and no one could. And it's kind of hard if you don't know what's going on, then you can't really effectively treat the patient. And if you can, it's how do you manage that case? And, you know, this kid is now in a normal classroom. He's speaking, he's learning, he's hitting milestones and that's probably one of my biggest wins was to literally take a child um, who was nonverbal for two years and getting him to speak in less than two weeks. Oh my gosh, I'm sitting here listening to you and I'm covered with goosebumps. Uh, what an incredible story. You know, I'm treating two children of medical doctors right now and they're really well connected docs. Uh, and both of them said, this is so incredibly difficult to navigate. You know, where do you start? Where do you go? You go from children's hospital to children's hospital and neurologist to neurologist. That uh, what both of them said is, if it's so hard for me, imagine how hard it is for the normal parent. So that's why I'm such a big fan of your work. And I think it's so important that we get the word out of what we're going to discuss today. So... Dr. Daigle, so often I wish that I had a magic time traveling machine and that I could visit the parents of my sickest patients when they were just little children and tell them what to do to change the awful trajectory their children are heading in. So today it's my wish to give the gift of prevention to every parent who has a child. What is the one thing you wish all parents knew? I wish that parents knew that, you know, there's milestones set for a reason. And if your child is not hitting milestones like they should, then early intervention, going into early steps, seeing a physical therapist, an occupational therapist, a chiropractor that is specialized in detecting and assessing what's called primitive reflexes. And these are infant reflexes that uh, we're inherently born with. And then these eventually, these reflexes go away. For example, like how a baby comes out of the birthing canal is literally he comes out literally like kind of like crawling out. And that eventually will translate into, you know, this kid, you know, breastfeeding. And, you know, I see these kids that, you know, they don't latch on, they projectile vomit. And initially on these reflexes, they're actually not even there when a baby's born. And, you know, the, the, the assessment is typically the doctors and pediatricians just checking height and weight and head circumference, and no one's detecting or testing if these reflexes are present at birth. And if these reflexes aren't present at birth, then you take your child to the two-week visit or the three-month wellness visit, and no one's checked. By six months, a lot of reflexes should have actually literally been present and went away. And these kids are, 
you know, born without these reflexes, which means there's something already going on inside of the nervous system that's delayed. It's not working. And if your reflexes are not there at birth, then your child's going to have colic. They're going to get eczema. They're going to have constipation issues. They're not going to absorb their vitamin minerals that are going to be used to help with brain development and muscle growth. And this is why these children are not hitting milestones, holding their head upright. And so, yeah, you know, my wish too is, you know, I get on a plane, I'll fly all over the world. It's to, to just get the opportunity to speak to a parent or a doctor and say, hey, look, we have to detect these primitive reflexes from birth and all of our wellness visits, because if they're not there, then this child's brain is not properly developing. And that's how we regulate pain, how we function, how we fight off our immune system, how we absorb our nutrients, and how we become able to walk and talk. So Dr. Tegel, I know in my practice, checking adults as old as um, in their 80s, we have never found an adult that did not have a retained primitive reflex. How prevalent are they in your experience? I mean, they all have them. And when you look at neurodegenerative disorders, which means that the brain is degenerating, when that happens is, is it goes back to an infant. The same way that the brain develops in reverse, a child basically, you know, an adult or even a geriatric patient turns almost into an immature baby. You know, you can't hold your head upright. Um, you can't hold things. You can't, you know, um, you can't swallow. You're drooling. Um, a baby can't walk. And so you see this thing. And so what's happening is, is whether it's infections or it's emotional trauma or it's inflammation or gastric inflammation or even head injuries, it stresses out the nervous system. And when you do that to a specific magnitude, these reflexes can return. And if these reflexes return, depending on which ones return, you might see vertigo or something like dizziness or maybe ringing in the ears. Or maybe one day someone can completely wake up and not even be able to control their head or swallow or be able to go to the bathroom. And, you know, I see this because, you know, if you properly check, you're typically going to see reflexes, you know, in, in teenagers, you're going to see reflexes in patients who have anxiety, depression, and you're going to see this in the nursing home. You know, I consult to over 50 nursing homes and all of our nursing homes are doing so well because we're checking for primitive reflexes. And what's happening is if we integrate these reflexes, we literally have these stroke patients speaking better. We have people literally with their tremors are starting to reduce. We even have patients literally who've been literally in a wheelchair for months starting to actually stand up. And it's because as these reflexes start to go away, the brain itself can actually start to develop. And same thing happens in reverse. You have an infection like COVID, for example, this virus affected people's sense of smell and taste. And some of these patients have never gotten it back. Well, it's because these reflexes for example, like there's a reflex on the face called the palmary, on the, uh, the rooting reflex. This reflex is more than likely present. And if it's going to be there, you know, now you're seeing that the nerve to the tongue is going to be diminished. So you're not going to taste your food. So if you get rid of this reflex, now you can establish to where this patient can taste their food. Um, but yeah, I see reflexes literally at all ages, whether it's an infant who doesn't have one and we get them to return. And then if it's, you know, if it's two-year-old who's nonverbal or can't walk or, you know, someone with chronic pain, for example, chronic neck and shoulder pain for years, and they've been dry needled and they've been to all these different, you know, physical therapists and chiropractors. And we find out that they have a primitive reflex and we integrate that and their pain goes away within a couple of days. 
and uh, or that's that geriatric patient who can't even literally speak or swallow and then you get rid of the reflex and now they can you know speak and swallow dr tackle this really hits really close to home for me because my two youngest they're five and seven now both of them walked when they were just barely seven months old and back then i didn't have this knowledge and so you know i knew that crawling was important but didn't quite understand how incredibly important it was. And so I just thought, you know, my kids are smart, then they're developing fast, but not crawling is not a good thing, right? Correct. Yeah, well, the one thing about, so the purpose of crawling is, you know, it's movement. So the brain itself only really develops off of movement. And so when you start to crawl for like, in my opinion, I think kids need to crawl for like two to three months. Um, and then you start noticing that, you know, if kids don't crawl earlier on, you typically can see these kids actually can sometimes, you know, maybe have a form of what's called dyslexia. Um, or you'll see these kids, like even my son, I, my son was really trying to, um, trying to literally like walk at an earlier age and I kept trying to get him down. But what happens is, is, is some of these kids might actually turn into like ADHD or ADD. And, um, you know, you know, people wonder why the brain's hyperactive, but initially earlier on, the brain really just started developing way too quick. And, um, the crawling is very important. You know, I see this with head injuries too. People have like a traumatic brain injury and, you know, they have someone up on parallel bars. And my opinion is if that person can't even crawl, then my opinion, they shouldn't be walking because if they trip and fall, and their brain doesn't allow them to put their hands above their head to catch them, then they can have another head injury. So I'm all about, you know, you crawl before you walk. Um, and, you know, you work with a lot of chronic pain patients too. And that's one of the stuff is that crawling also helps out with your core. And so if you have better core, what's going to eventually happen, you're going to have better spinal stability. And if you have better spinal stability, then you look at the lower extremities. Now you're going to be able to walk without tripping and falling. And yeah, crawling is huge, even at an infant, but it also even for patients who have, you know, head injuries, you know, my opinion is you should be trying to crawl before you walk. Yes, I agree. So I always say the body is incredibly intelligent and it doesn't make mistakes. So why do you think these reflexes are not going away like they should be? Yeah, well, you know, there's. I, I read a study, I was doing a, a talk um, a couple of weeks ago in Dallas and I was showing the doctors that, you know, there's literally studies that show umbilical cord blood has over 200 known toxins in the blood. Mm -hmm. So you're seeing these babies are now being exposed to an incredible amount of inflammation, um, toxins, you know, moms, you know, they, you know, these young moms are starting to get pregnant, but you know, they're not really taking very preventative measurements. For example, like they're not looking at how much inflammation that they have in their body. They're not looking at, is their gut healthy? Even, you know, I've even seen this stuff too, where, you know, I've had a grandfather show up in my clinic who had dyslexia and he had a primitive reflex. Most common one with dyslexia is called the ATNR asymmetric tonic neck reflex and then this guy had three children and two of the three actually have dyslexia and those two also have the same primitive reflex the asymmetric tonic neck reflex and then he's got grandchildren and his grandchildren actually have dyslexia and they also have the asymmetric tonic neck reflex so now you're kind of asking yourself is this stuff being passed down epigenetics um is there you know, is there maternal allergies that the mom has? Is there stress? You know, you know, moms still don't necessarily even know how to properly eat. You know, they're exposing themselves to, you know, synthetic sugars and all these preservatives. And I think that, you know, that has an indication on these child's, you know, development earlier on. And then you also start looking at, 
you know, uh, these children are born, um, you know, sometimes to a stressful birth and they take the mom away from the baby and the mom doesn't actually get to breastfeed. And then now that kid is taking formula and then that kid gets eczema or digestive issues in the hospital. Or you start seeing that, um, you know, the mom, sometimes they're showing that even, you know, epidural injections are having impacts actually on you know, children, um, you know, these kids are having the moms not able to breastfeed. So then the kids not getting the proper nutrients. Um, and then also too, just, um, you know, kids that are born to C-sections. When you run a stool sample on a child who's born to a C-section, you actually see that they typically have a diminished um, there's certain strands of probiotics that aren't present. Um, and so, you know, one of those is going to be one that's going to break down milk. And you see a kind of a core and common correlation between C-section babies and eczema. And you also see C-section babies uh, and inner ear infections. And it's because if they have this C-section, they're not going to be breaking down typically milk. And then that can turn around and have have an impact, you know, on the inner ear or even the middle ear. And so you start seeing that these children could be, you know, laid at crawling or even holding their head upright. And then it's because they have, you know, inflammation in their gut because they're, you know, they're, they're giving this formula that they can't break down because they don't have the probiotic to actually break it down. So, you know, when you linear look, there's so many different potential calls and effects. Um, you know, I research all this stuff, you know, my job is to try to find how eventually we can try to prevent this stuff. But I do believe that, you know, a, a parent, if they want to have a children, they should have, you know, it's called primitive reflexes. They should make sure they don't have any. If they do, there's exercises they can do to help get rid of those, or we call them integrate. And then just making sure that, you know, throughout pregnancy that, you know, you're taking a good quality vitamin and that you're exercising. And then also I think that, you know, inflammation level should be checked because if a, if a mom's inflamed, the baby's inflamed, and then if the brain's trying to develop, the child's not going to absorb nutrients. And then if the child doesn't have these reflexes at birth, then you see this vicious cycle and we're seeing this vicious cycle expand. And the CDC just increased, you know, the, uh, the milestones, which I think is a little bit wild, uh, because, you know, for years we've had these milestones, but what you're seeing is, is that there's this, these kids are developing later and, you know, crawling is no longer considered a milestone anymore. Although for years it has been, and, you know, to me, that's a problem. I mean, you're supposed to develop the brain the right way. And then now what's happening is children across the entire world are not developing. So we're basically making abnormal normal now. Yes, I saw that. And, you know, the big, the big elephant in the room is why are they changing these milestones? Um, and should that be happening? And then there's the whole can of worms with um, vaccines. And I, I think it's... I would say it's impossible to raise a child perfectly and to have a perfect pregnancy and in today's toxic world and uh, just so heartbreaking. So you touched on exercises and I know this is the burning question on everybody's mind listening. What do I do about it? How do I help my child? Where do I go? Yeah, well, one of my favorite exercises is just, just kind of give you an example. So there's something called the startle reflex. And this is when you take an infant and, you know, you kind of like make a loud sound. You see that infant kind of like throw their arms out. And um, you also see that when someone has like anxiety and you kind of walk up to them and you kind of scare them, they get jumpy. Well, that's a reflex that should have actually gone away uh, before the age of 12 months of age. And if it's still going, like if you're 16 years old or you're 28 or you're 45 or you're even 75 and you're jumpy, that means that you're going to have a retained primitive reflex. It's called the moro, the startle reflex. 
And that correlates with digestive issues and anxiety and also to even like spasticity. These patients who have traumatic brain injuries, that's one of the, the things that they have is the startle reflex. So they have an exercise. And if you're listening, you can go to YouTube and it's called the starfish. And um, that's an exercise that I absolutely love. If you have anxiety and you even have chronic pain, being you know the, the uh, starfish exercise can work amazing. The other one too is is my favorite exercise is actually going to be the lizard exercise, and this one correlates with a reflex called the asymmetric tonic neck reflex. So a lot of children who have you know anxiety, a lot of children who have dyslexia, kids who can't read. Kids that are actually picky eaters, people who have chronic neck and shoulder pain, people who have vertigo, um, even your chronic patients who have like, you know, Lyme disease or they've been having infections for, for years and they just seem to like never recover and they've seen all these top doctors and they're eating the perfect diet and, you know, they're going to a chiropractor getting proper, you know, spinal care. And a lot of times what's holding them back is actually this reflex and this reflex it correlates with an area in the brainstem, which is the most vitalistic part of the brain. And it deals with an area that's called the pons. And the pons is what's going to control like, you know, how well your muscles and your balance and your, your head control. And then right below that is going to be where the vagus nerve, the nerve that's like the magic nerve, how you absorb your nutrients, how you uh, detoxify, how your body gets rid of inflammation, how you fight off infections. And also it controls your heart rate. So people who have like palpitations or arrhythmias. And so literally doing the starfish exercise, you know, that one can help out with the anxiety, the ATNR, the lizard exercise. And again, YouTube, if you, if you're listening, YouTube, the lizard exercise, um, it's unbelievable what it can do. And you do these things, you know, daily, and then you start doing them twice a day. And if these reflexes go away, it's going to allow people who have vertigo or people who have, you know, uh, picky eaters or people with chronic neck and shoulder pain or vertigo, these symptoms actually start to reduce. And um, yeah, so I really love doing the starfish exercise, the lizard. I love using a vibration tool. It's called the Resimax. I love to vibrate kids' hands. If someone has digestive issues, we vibrate the hands and the face. Um, you know, if kids that are nonverbal, you know, we like to vibrate the hands and the face. I always tell people, you know, if people watch me lecture, I, I will use my hands way too much. But uh, people who typically, you know, speak, you know, you speak with your hands. And a lot of these children who, you know, can't speak, they have issues with fine motor skills. And there's another thing, it's called the um, the spinal gallant reflex. This is those kids who have like chronic, you know, uh, bedwetting or digestive issues or scoliosis or even sometimes um, lower back pain or, or what's called radiculopathy pain, pain that's shooting down the leg like a sciatica pain or even not able, able to walk. Um, we do something called snow angels where you lay on your back and literally like you're playing in the snow and another exercise called the inchworm. And so those are some great little basic exercises that you can do, um, whether you have any type of pain or any type of symptom, but also too, we do this with all of our children. So all of our patients, no matter what you're coming in in our clinic, we're going to at least teach you how to do primitive reflex exercises because reflexes can return if you have infections or you had trauma or you were in car accidents. You know, sometimes people visually see someone who's been shot and now they have this unrelenting anxiety or, you know, sometimes people can have this crazy pain syndrome that never goes away and they've tried everything, you know, even to the point where they do spinal cord stimulators and then coming to find out they have these primitive reflexes and where some of these reflexes reside also is where some of the endorphins are produced. So if a reflex is present, 
and you're in a lot of pain, if you can turn around and get rid of these reflexes, you strengthen that area in the brain stem and the nervous system, and now your body can actually release what's called endorphins and encaphalins that actually help reduce your pain. And I also want to add that primitive reflexes that are retained can really change your personality and the person you are meant to be. It can make you more anxious or less social. And just want to reiterate, you guys, you can go to YouTube and literally just type in primitive reflexes and it's going to show you how to test for all of them. And then all the great exercises Dr. Daigle mentioned, and you'll find some others as well. So YouTube is going to be your best friend and then just sticking to it. So Dr. Daigle, if this is so crucial, why do pediatricians not know about this? Why are we some of the only people talking about this? You know, there's, there's actually studies that in the American pediatric um, magazine, uh, in the journal, I'm sorry, that, you know, doctors are, are asking that they're looking for some sort of assessment, but they're not aware of this. And, you know, we were all taught primitive reflexes in school, but it was just, you know, a small little class and we take a test over it. But, you know, our, the professors and the, you know, the, the doctors were not like, you know, waving a yellow flag and telling us to highlight this stuff. And, you know, I just think that, you know, no matter what profession that, you know, someone's in, we get this exposure, but no one teaches us the importance of this. And then, you know, it's, um, but it's, it's all over the world that no one actually really assesses these things. And then because it's considered in, in an infant, you know, no one's even checking these things in adults. So, you know, my opinion, and I've seen this clinically and the doctors that we train that they're seeing the same results and the same, you know, the demographic of patients. But if you literally integrate these reflexes, you're going to change people's lives. Um, but yeah, they're just, there's not enough of awareness about this. Doctors, no matter where you go, no matter what profession of doctors you typically see, a lot of them don't know that primitive reflexes exist. They don't know how to test for them. And if they don't know they exist and don't test, and your child, you know, as a mom, you're bringing your child to wellness visits and no one's checking, then you think your child's normal but yet maybe they have an underlying development issue that's not being addressed. And then later on in life, that can cause anxiety and depression and ADHD or hyperactivity. Uh, I even think that some of the stuff that, you know, a lot of these children who are born on the spectrum, I think that if doctors were to, you know, start doing earlier intervention, that we could potentially see a regression in some of the behavior patterns and the fixations that these kids have um, by actually getting them into earlier intervention. But it goes back to, People like yourself that are using podcast and education to educate the world. Uh, and I'm very grateful that you're giving me the opportunity because this is pretty important information that we're discussing and it is life changing and it could be the answer that could literally give you, your loved one or your family member their life back. Yes. So if you are listening to this podcast and you know anyone in pain, in distress, in imperfect health, anyone that has a child or is pregnant, please, please share this podcast with them because this information is so crucial. So Dr. Daigle, one last thing, you and I have just recently started discussing um, sort of our dream for a better future for healthcare. Uh, because in this country, the term healthcare really refers to disease care and crisis care. What is your vision and what are your dreams for the future of healthcare? 
Yeah, well, you know, first of all, you are a powerhouse and, you know, use, utilizing and, and collaborating with people like yourself and, and bringing in other doctors, like, for example, like Dr. Malilo, that I think that because we're building a platform, you know, international, um, that we're having these patients start looking to us for answers, that it's our job and our duty to educate other practitioners so that a way they can go into their community and actually start changing lives. And they can, you know, they get the opportunity to have doctor or have patients fly from all over the world to come see them as well. Um, so, you know, I'm very big in education. I do believe, and something I'm currently working on, is actually we call it contactless healthcare, where we're making um, software programs that can actually help people in their own home, where they can learn how to do these primitive reflexes. We're teaching people about diet and nutrition. We're teaching them about you know low-power laser therapy. We're teaching them about the vagus nerve, and we're teaching them about just basic supplementation. People don't move, and you know people don't socialize. And so, you know, in a perfect scenario is, is that if I can eventually help, you know, which we're doing in governments where we can teach, you know, these, these governments to, to train pediatricians, to check kids for primitive reflexes. And if you do have primitive reflexes, how to properly integrate or even get these reflexes to, to be present. Um, and then in the nursing homes. And I think that if we can, we can get to this thing, at least we can make a pretty good dent across the world. Dr. Daigle, I am so in awe of your work. Thank you so much for being on today and sharing your knowledge. What is the easiest way for our audience uh, to look up your U.S. clinic? Okay, so um, if someone just types in the letter U as an umbrella, so uperformance.com, and then I do have a pretty good Instagram page that has like a link tree. So if someone goes and types in Dr. Kyle Daigle, uh, it'll pull up my Instagram. And, and then there's all these videos of how we integrate primitive reflexes and all the different cases that we work with. But yeah, someone just goes to youperformance.com. That's the easiest way to our website. And then they can check us out on Instagram. And then we're about to launch a podcast um, here shortly. But Instagram and, and, our, and our website is the best way to look us up. Thank you, Dr. Daigle. And thank you for loving what I love. Absolutely. I just appreciate the opportunity. And again, I'm just grateful for people like you that are just trying to just get a message out there for those people in need. I feel the same about you. I'm going to end with a quote by Priyankush Udikari. If I had a superpower, I would turn back time to correct my mistakes so that I can have a life without despair or regrets. Thank you for joining today. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are excited about every new person we are able to reach. It is our most sincere hope that our podcast will bring hope to many. If you or someone you love is suffering from chronic pain, please don't lose hope. Visit our website at www.thespiroclinic.com for more information and stories of hope. That's www.thespiroclinic.com for more information and stories of hope.